Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor. Mead, Middle Mayhem. I'm James. I'm Jody. What are you What are you drinking, Jody? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> what do you think I started the episode? <laughs> You're going to want to know what I'm drinking. Well, tell me. You got to wait. Well, I'm going to start the episode then. <laughs> I figured that's why you did that. <laughs> I, I'm happy. I'm having a Captain Morgan's Parrot Bay coconut rum mixed with Sprite. <laughs> Do you call it a dire maker? <laughs> Jamaica, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, as it's supposed to be pronounced. But until we knew that for years, I know I yeah. called it dire maker. And I heard I, DJs I, in America call it dire maker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're not going to get to the songs. But you you do know the joke that comes from, right? Yes, I do. Now, I don't know if our listeners do, so... Well, you know what? Hey, uh... Um, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I just phased out which way it's... I, you know what? We'll wait. <laughs> I've got them in my notes. I'm not sure where. And I don't want to get the, the direction wrong. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Yeah. I was extremely sure I knew how to say it until I started to. Then my brain went, um, no, no. I mean, I could I could look it up on Wikipedia because I know the Wikipedia entry explains the joke. Oh, uh, I mean, I've got to hear my, my notes here. You know what? Here we go. Um, nope, nope. Got to go in order. And it is right here. All right. Okay. Hey, uh, my wife's gone to the West Indies. Maker? No, she wanted to go. Because <laughs> you have to understand the accent that that would have actually been done in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, Jamaica? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's a, that sounds like a good drink. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had it with Sprite. I, I haven't either, but I did not have any sun-kissed orange soda, so it was Sprite. See, I don't, I've never had it with sun-kissed orange soda, but that sounds, you mentioned it before, and that sounds amazeballs. Uh, if, if you like orange cream soda, uh, Parrot Bay coconut rum with, no, no, wait, Captain Morgan's spiced rum with sun-kissed is like orange cream soda. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, but that's good. Oh, it's, yeah. Ooh, wonder what it'd be like with Big Red, you know, like a strawberry cream soda. Damn it! <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> now I gotta try it, you bastard. <laughs> I'll let you tell me how it is because the odds of me getting a pair of Bay spiced rum or Captain Morgan, like any rum, is pretty small. Not, Heathen. Not to... Do what? Heathen. <laughs> oh, I like it. That's what I was saying. Is that it's good stuff. I just I won't drink it quick enough to make it worth my time. Okay. Well, that's that's. You know what? That's fair. Yeah, I mean, if somebody buys me a bottle, I'll I'll eventually drink it all. <laughs> uh, just for the record, I'm not buying you a bottle. <laughs> oh, I wasn't hinting at you, lead wallet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. let's move on. <laughs> yes, I uh, we we've recorded one episode tonight. I'm finishing my Sam Adams Black Lager because I had to readjust my beer fridge and i'm finishing off some of the sam adams holiday pack even though it's now march you know i think i've had two maybe three bottles out of the holiday pack i i had both fezzy wigs and then one each of everything else except the just the boston lager and that's that's in my inside fridge 
because that is a cooking beer. Yes. Because <laughs> it's not a drinking beer. <laughs> I don't mind it, but yeah. yeah. I, I I don't I don't either, but you know, if I'm gonna I mean I'd rather have something else. Right. Yeah, in fact, usually when I use it to cook, but, I'll pour me a, like four ounces of it to just drink. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's acceptable. I, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things. If I go out to eat somewhere and they don't really have anything else I like, I'll probably get that. Nice. And, and when I do finish my black lager, I uh, my my next beer is from the Sam Adams Holiday Pack, but I don't think it was in this year's. I found it when I was reorganizing my beer stash <laughs> because I still uh-huh. have a chocolate block. Really? Yeah. Nice. Pretty sure it's from last year's, <laughs> the, the previous <laughs> years. Yeah, because I, I think you're right. I don't think it was in uh, this year's. So that'll we'll see if it's tasty or not. I don't think the chocolate box are horribly ABV. So we'll, we'll see what a year and a half has done. But okay, it's not going to make me sick. And that's all that matters. That's, yeah. All right, but should we move on with Led Zeppelin? <laughs> we probably should. <laughs> Probably because, Daniel, I tell you, I know I mentioned it last time, but I've got more notes on Houses of the Holy than I will probably, I have had and probably will have. (laughs) (laughs) Last time we got through kind of what led up to it a little bit and how they're getting together and recording. And we got to the European dates of their tours and when the album dropped, but we haven't really Mm -hmm. talked about the album. And we're going to wait because before we go there, let's talk about the North American tour. Okay. Although, I guess it's just the American tour. I don't know if they had any Canadian. Um, I, I didn't look that hard. I, huh. If they did, there were a few Canadian, mostly American. So, anyway. Okay. May 4th, Atlanta, Georgia, through June 3rd in Inglewood, California, was the first mm-hmm. half of the tour. Okay. In, in this time, I'm just going to kind of get my notes as I have them because of how I organize. Yeah, I, I was probably drunk. That's okay. But probably. on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, no, it actually goes here. I see why. Paige hurt his hand on May 30th. He's talking to fans at the airport, and I read both LAX and San Diego. I, I read the autobi- the auto, the biographies from various authors. I didn't actually confirm it on Zeppelin's site. I probably should have. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he hurt one of those at one of those airports talking to fans on a fence, which caused the May 30th show to move to June 3rd, which is that last show. Mm, okay. It does fit here. All right. See, I told you it fit. <laughs> <laughs> had to squeeze that in there, didn't you? <laughs> that, that's how I had to get a fit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, baby. You got a shoehorn or something? <clears throat> May 31st, to move on, <laughs> in this range, was Bonzo's 25th birthday. On this day, the band bought him a Harley, and he rode it through the hotel lobby and down the hallways. Uh-huh. Made a huge mess, and the next morning, when they paid the bill, he paid the bill for all the destruction, too, and he told the hotel to keep the bike. <laughs> Sounds about right. And at the show of that day... Plant announced the bottom was 21 and a bastard all his life. (laughs) (laughs) And and he did a 21-minute Moby Dick solo, which got a huge cheer. Uh Uh-huh. And because of these two things, 
there are one or two of the biographies I read actually say Bonzo's birthday was his 21st birthday. And I'm like, I read that. I'm thinking, that's not right. And I looked it up myself and I was like, he's 25. And then I read another biography as I'm going through and I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. They, th- yeah, he's 25. <laughs> yeah. So if you're going to do a biography of a band, <clears throat> Stephen Davis, <clears throat> um, <laughs> you know, you, you can, you can add a few things or maybe put in quotes from, whoever <clears throat> richard cole <clears throat> but <laughs> you, you, you can at least get dates right yeah oh anyway to move on on that day also later afterwards they had a big party where bonzo threw everyone into the pool including george harrison and his at the time wife patty before they divorced and she married eric clapton uh, yeah <laughs> a couple years later uh, he threw everybody into the pool uh, Jimmy said he couldn't swim, so they allowed him to walk into the shallow end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, that is just a hint of the debauchery that was going on. But then in June, they took a break. Oh, June. Ward, weren't you a little hard on the beaver last night? <laughs> uh, June break, they took a break from touring. Robert bought a Welsh sheep farm. And Jimmy bought Tower House from actor Richard Harris outbidding david bowie yeah wow man i i like david bowie but i talked about how the sweet beat him out for number one spot in that episode and now jimmy's outbidding him everything how he's doing cocaine with deep purple jesus (laughs) (laughs) we we do like the guy (laughs) yeah uh i i don't really know if i'll have much for uh, if, if i have more on tower house it'll be after turing uh but it is interesting right now. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, who's the English musician Robbie Robbie something who lives right next door to the Tower House and Jimmy still owns it. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, I could look it up, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> he's a decent bloke. I've I've heard him being interviewed. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a uh, he he wanted to make a big cavernous pool, like in the basement, mm-hmm. like to dig it out, but. Jimmy was saying and, and other neighbors, but Jimmy got involved too, saying, Well, no, because like you've seen my house, right? It's a historical architecture, beautiful, expensive thing. And you can't just have so they had to take like hand dig it out. And they had to take seismography what? readings every day. <laughs> wow. Quite the thing. Robbie, Sounds Robbie, like Robbie. Now I'll I'll give his name next episode of Zeppelin. Okay. Actually, that was that was a couple years ago. Right now, the big row between the I don't know if there's a row yet, but uh, the one guy wants to make the fence bigger between the two, and everybody's like, "Is that because he's mad at Jimmy?" <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you he can't be mad at Jimmy. Look how winsome he is. <laughs> <laughs> winsome, sure. <laughs> devilish, you can be devilishly winsome, right? I suppose. Robbie Williams. Screw it. I looked it up real quick. Okay. See, I stalled long enough for you to look it up. That was perfect. Of course it it was. Because we're perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To move on, they did come back for more touring. July 6th in Chicago through July 29th, where they ended in New York, which those three nights will have, uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about this time and also, we'll have a little section on in an upcoming episode. But I will say, during those three nights, 
It was the second show in New York at Madison Square Garden that over $200,000 was stolen out of a safe deposit box in their hotel. Mm-hmm. It is still unsolved. Mm-hmm. Richard Cole says they took out $8,000 for Paige to buy a Les Paul guitar the night before. It was all there, but then not there on the next day. I think there were some people that accused them of faking it or somebody in the organization stealing it, if I remember correctly. Yep, I've got three things here. (laughs) Okay. But before there, I want to say that it was a pain in the ass because they had to call the police. But before they called the police and on route, they had to make sure they cleaned the rooms to get rid of all the drugs. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) So it was a pain in the ass to make sure the rooms were clean before the police arrived. And and most people do think Richard Cole is probably the primary chief suspect. That would not surprise me at all. No, but nothing was ever pinned on him. Lie detector came back negative, clean. Which mm-hmm. is not hard to do if, you know, you, you are, are a sociopath or don't give a shit or, you know, like those lie detectors right. are bullshit. Yeah. yeah. But there was uh, a rumor that Grant staged it for publicity. Mm-hmm. There was a rumor that they did it on purpose because at the time the Labor Party's tax laws were they're taxing 95% on the wealthiest. And if they claimed it as stolen, they wouldn't have to be taxed. True. And to harken back to an episode we've done recently with our band biographies, mm-hmm. Jody mentioned Don Arden. Mm-hmm. And Don Arden suggested that it was theft from the mafia because at this point in time, they were taking over the American, especially New York music industry, and they had even threatened to take ELO from him. Lots of things I'm going with. I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go with they, they it was stolen, so they didn't have to pay taxes, but they kept it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every biography I've read, the band's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and here's a note. Filming had started for a concert film at New York City's Madison Square Garden. More details soon in this arc. And then we'll actually maybe do that album also in its own arc. Yes. Um, But but then after the tour, they went back home to England and the band members were filmed for their individual shoots for that concert film. That we'll talk about when we get there. (laughs) Yes. Which will be some now and some for for them. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, so I am going to be opening my second beer. And as I do this, it's good timing to finish my last sip of black lager because mm-hmm. Zeppelin four hearkening back to a previous episode, Jody, you had mentioned, uh, asked rather if the four tour, damn it. I can't say that damn word. Fucking son of a bitch. Uh, tour, tour, pure, tour. Uh-huh. The thing. Uh, when they're on the road for four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if that's when they had the starship. And, yes. And we both decided, no, no, it wasn't four. It was it was House of the Holy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take a quick drink. Here's my black okay. lager. And as I pour my chocolate box, <laughs> this is where they chartered the starship, which was a Boeing 720B, like a, a rather nice, large, large jetliner. Okay. Uh, had a bar, video screens, bedroom, showers, an organ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Robert Plant told all the ladies. <laughs> and had the, the big Zeppelin logo on the side. Mm-hmm. It cost $2,500 per hour of airtime, 
and that, that's just flight time. They also had to lease it for $30,000 for the three weeks they were using it. Hmm. Okay. But, I mean, they, they had the money. They're making a shitload of ton, tons of bucks. A shitload of ton? A shit, shitload of tons of bucks. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is what Scrooge McDuck has in his money bin. <laughs> uh-huh. And, you know, this enabled him just to kind of pull in and, and get right into their limos and, you know, it saved some hassle. Yeah. They, they definitely wanted to get back to L.A. as soon as possible every time to, to hang out with groupies and do some drugs. Yep. But, but according to, and when I say sexy stewardesses, that's how they were described in at least three of the biographies. <laughs> <laughs> sexy stewardesses Susie and Bianca kept the drink flowing, and one of them mentioned... Uh, which one wasn't actually named, so I'm not like keeping her safe by, you know. Uh, she said that they made a lot of money by pocketing the discarded $100 bills people used to snort cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and, and she's got quotes here, but an interviewer asked this to Jimmy, and he smiled and said nobody ever got any of his bills that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, Mr. Lead Wallet himself was probably just using the ones. <laughs> actually i figured he's i figured he's using the stewardess's buttocks <laughs> well there you go yeah i mean i know you roll the thing and you can sniff it off of mirror or the you know whatever but yeah right and, and where am i there we go <laughs> they, they had porn playing a lot on the video screen they they mentioned that with bonzo's uh birthday too uh page preferred being in the bedroom or i think they're I read where there are multiple bedrooms. I read where there's really mm-hmm. one nice bedroom. So I'm assuming that's the one Jimmy took. Who knows? But he did prefer being in the bedroom during takeoff so he could lay back on the bed. And it's not a euphemism. I, I think he just liked to lay down. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I hate flying too. Oh, Jesus. And uh, cocaine, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to do the Roxo imitation or should I? <laughs> you do it better than I do. <laughs> who wants to do some cocaine <laughs> you know, that's, that, that, I'm better if I can be loud but it's late at night and I don't want to wake people up in the house <laughs> probably a good idea yeah but cocaine was the drug of choice and would be administered followed by a sniff of cherry snuff and a dab of 1966 Dom Perignon champagne to offset its cold metallic aftertaste I mentioned that here because it was mentioned specifically as I was reading the biographies in conjunction with being on the starship, but I would imagine they kind of did this everywhere. Yeah. And I know I mentioned in the Four Symbols episodes that Richard Cole said they were doing hard drugs, but that cocaine was one of the drugs they used. As I'm going through all these biographies, they did not consider cocaine to be a hard drug. (laughs) It wasn't as harsh as other things. It wasn't as mm-hmm. addictive as other things. It was harder to detect than most things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they did not consider it to be, uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't heroin. Right. Yeah, and that's, uh, I was going to say, I don't think Jimmy wasn't doing heroin by this point, was he? Uh, not yet. Soon, though. Okay. Yeah, but to move on to, <laughs> to move on to the big organ that was in there and, besides besides plants (laughs) they they would do sing-alongs with john paul jones playing the organ and sing and they actually a couple of them specifically said that he played lovely bunch of coconuts (laughs) Uh, 
That, that must have just been something that stuck out in the minds of people who were interviewed. Yeah. Uh, Bonham, according to Grant, not Cole, but Grant, mm-hmm. was allowed to fly the plane because they like to be in the cockpit and look at everything. Was allowed to fly the plane once anyway from New York to L.A., but according to band members, Bonzo hated flying and would drink heavy, so I'm kind of calling, I think Grant might have been confused on that. He probably, yeah. I okay, so uh, something that's tangential. Maybe you could take this, you know, take it out if you want. But see, there, there, there's a reason why you don't let somebody like that fly the plane, because Tony Iommi talked about um, Sabbath doing something similar in the '70s, and the pilots let Ozzy in the cockpit. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> it was because. All of a sudden, the plane's doing a nosedive, uh-huh. <laughs> and everybody and everybody else in the back's going, "What the fuck's going on?" <laughs> and then the plane's going straight up, and they're going, "What the fuck's going on?" And it's and and Ozzy's, you know, he's like he comes over the intercom, laughing maniacally. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you don't let you don't let certain people in the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't let the people who are stoned to the bejesus bell, and out of all four of them, even if they all were, Bonzo tended to be the worst. Yeah, yeah. No, but tangential, but apropos, I'm going to leave it in. Okay. Not a euphemism. Uh, um, <laughs> actually, it's about all I have on the, the Starship. I just kind of put all those together in one thing. Besides to mention okay. that they picked it up at O'Hare in Chicago, where Malort is made. Oh, there you go. And it was on the tarmac next to Hugh Hefner's plane when they picked it up. Ah, okay. And that's it. Like, as far as I know, they didn't meet him and the bunnies weren't around. It's just, it was there. Uh, and the shows, to get back to the shows, they were, mm-hmm. my, my note actually says the shows were more showy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, okay. <laughs> but they, 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 using more lights, dry ice, strobes, mirrored balls. And they, they talked about some of these were due to other artists being flashy because glam bands like uh, Mark Bolin and David Bowie were huge. Yeah. But the Stones were doing this too. They want to keep up with, you know, not let the Stones surpass them. Dazed was clocking in at 20 minutes. They, dazed and confused. Yeah. But the band was at the top of their confidence in their game. I mean, the shows were fantastic. They would go... You know, hour and a half, two and a half hours. Uh, George Harrison talked about how the Beatles would play for 45 minutes and get the hell out. And like, he's like, mm-hmm. who's the opening act? And people would be like, there's no opening act. It's just Zeppelin for two and a half hours. He's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's a that's a paraphrase, not a direct quote, but. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he did say that. Well, he could have. Oh, fuck me. That's fucking outrageous. Yeah, but there's a, but this is the tour with a. I mean, we talked about the previous, but this, this is the debauchery, slaughtering hotel rooms and groupies galore tour for Zeppelin. Yeah. Sorry, you hear shuffling? That's my, my page is turning. Oh, here, uh-huh. what's Jimmy? here we go. What's, what's George... Jimmy doing there? <laughs> I don't know, but Bob Seger's song about him was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, bazinga. Uh, George Harrison was amazed at no opener and show length. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And, and part of that was due to everybody's solo time. I mean, if Dazed and Confused is 20 minutes, which is the song and Jimmy Solo. Yeah. And, you know, if, if Moby Dick is clocking in anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, John Paul Jones gets a bit of time doing his thing. You know, it's that takes up a bit of time. Yeah. Uh, Roy Harper, who we've mentioned several times, was an opener on occasion. They would occasionally let him open, but he was around a lot. Hey, hats uh, off to Damn it. I have to drink for that one. <laughs> okay, if you insist. I, ins- I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Death threats against Jimmy were actually getting quite common this time around. Yeah. So they actually would end up having uh, uh, guards outside his mm-hmm. hotel rooms. Yeah. But they're dressings i don't know how i wrote it this way their clothing they're they were dressing with more flamboyancy on stage even yeah even jones has a couple quotes he mentioned that people were enthusiastic about making them these fantastic clothes so they thought why not i just i I keep picturing that shirt that he wore in the concerts they filmed in new york and you know it's got these big like stuffed with foam or cotton or whatever the, the from the from the playing cards hearts clubs diamonds <laughs> Jones even, yep, here's my yeah. Jones even had a gesture like jacket with hearts and stuff becoming more showy himself <laughs> yep i will have a quote about him and his clothing during the the madison square garden things when we get there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean plant stayed bare-chested tight bulge showing jeans mm-hmm Bonzo was wearing flashy star t-shirts and sparkling headbands. Mm, Yeah, yeah. But this is where Jimmy had his little hummingbird matador jacket. Mm -hmm. And his his little trousers with the symbols, the the 7 for Capricorn, the M for Scorpio, and uh, the the biographers wrote 69 for his moon sign, but I'm pretty sure those are the twins. Twins or is it Pisces? Isn't that the same thing? I don't Twins know. or Gemini? Gemini. That's right. So must be Pisces. Yeah, I think a, I. I don't. I, I don't remember my astrological it signs. Is, that it well, is no, you're I right. Don't. Pisces is 69. I was thinking Gemini for some reason, but no, it's it's Pisces. But yeah, okay. uh, Capricorn's a sun sign. Scorpio is ascendant sign. Uh, Pisces, his moon sign. For some reason, Jimmy was into astrology too. I don't know. It's, it was the 70s. <laughs> So everybody was into astrology. <laughs> so I, I, we could have done a big section of that for this. And I thought, you know what? That deserves its own thing. Jimmy and the occult. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But to stay with the touring, Jimmy mentioned in 1973 that in New York, he hadn't slept for five days. Yeah. Yeah. They knew okay. they were going to be going home after the show. So nobody wanted to miss anything. So they stayed up. Yeah. The adrenaline made it hard to sleep, so they had to to drink and take sleeping pills just to get enough sleep to get by. Mm-hmm. But then he he did mention they would go home, so you know jump in it just to kind of connect these. They go home would recharge the batteries, enjoy a stable home life before the next tour. Yeah, which which would also give them time to start new music. Uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. pointing out the ten years gone that we'll get to with physical graffiti started right after the tour. Okay. During this tour, journalist says he saw John Bonham and Richard Cole beat up a guy for no reason and then drop money on his face, which made him feel kind of 
sick to his, his stomach about it. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of what they were doing. They would just be complete animals and think they could pay anybody off. And for the most part, they were right. Yeah. And it shows Bonzo going from the nicest guy ever to being uh, the beast. Mm-hmm. But even Miss Pamela, who we've mentioned, yes. she, she would find it weird when she would see Richard Cole later after everything, you know, Zeppelin had parted and everything because all of her images of him were kicking people's teeth out. Yep. Uh, Cole himself said they didn't give a fuck because the doors had been thrown open. Even if they had to break him down and they made their own laws. And if you didn't want to fucking abide by them, then don't get involved. A lot of people would talk about how crude and rude and nasty, and they were just pleasure seeking people in the band. While others would give a different viewpoint saying they were quiet, well-behaved most of the time. And they would just have these huge bursts where they would become the the insane people. Yeah. yeah. People will talk about Jimmy spending free time buying antiques in each city. So, you know, I can see that. Calm Robert would be reading a magazine called Country Life, choosing his next country mansion or figuring out how to make these things into working farms. Mm-hmm. So they, they weren't just insane. No. And John Paul Jones even said they were probably more ashamed of the reputation than anything they actually did. Yeah, I can see that. And uh, he, he also mentions that some of the hotel redecorating was actually from the Stones and the Who and everything. And when Zeppelin came in, they might have just been a little more worse. And then Zeppelin got the blame for all of it. <laughs> the worst of all was well, probably I was... Bonzo. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to say the Who were notorious for, especially uh, Keith Moon, were notorious for, you know, damage to hotels and stuff yeah and I, and I did look it up some of the biographies made it look like the who were around at the same time they did not tour america at this time the stones did they overlapped a bit okay they they started a little bit sooner but they did overlap but the who weren't in america in, in this in 73 okay so the biographers i mean the the quotes john paul jones said the who and everything so you see these quotes and the biographers again did not bother to check these things. <laughs> right. Now, should I move on? Sure. Always. Right. Woo! Probably the worst person of all, according to everybody, was Bonzo because he was easily manipulated and he would miss his wife and children a lot when he's on the road. Mm-hmm. So that would get him a little agitated. And, you know, in, in general, he's just people describe him as a meat and potatoes man who just wanted a normal life. Uh, he hated being on tour because he missed people. He hated being in tax exile. Uh, he hated being in other yeah. countries because of the snooty food. He made fun of the French. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the band members even said they wouldn't be surprised if he left to go back to building sites to be a bricklayer again. Oh, yeah. But I do want to point out that, mm-hmm. to be fair, to be mm-hmm. fair, at this point, none of them are even. 30 and the bulk of their adult life like the past what five years you know when most people are just starting to be legal to drink and from this point on they've only been playing music and making this money and being adored and being rock gods you that skews what you think you can do it's not an excuse for the horror things but 
you can understand it better. Oh, huh. speaking of Turing, one of my emails to a work colleague because I gave a, not a long email, it was fairly short, but I had several points. I threw in the term brown M&Ms. Really? <laughs> I actually wrote that in the email, one line above my last question. And then when we met today, nobody asked me what it meant. Really? <laughs> That's funny. Uh-huh. So they did not read my entire email. <laughs> Hence, the reason you put it in there in the first place. That's right. <clears throat> anyway, uh, a few more notes about the touring. Uh, just to mention that this is the year that Ellen uh, Sander came out with her book Trips, and we mentioned her back in a previous episode. She was a journalist who went on tour and kind of got threatened and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to tell you, you, you all which one, because you should go back and listen to all our Zeppelin episodes. Uh, but during the tour, Paige said he loved playing live as much as he ever had. But the work is grueling because it's not just playing. It's airplanes, hotel rooms, limousines, and just sitting outside waiting to to do your playing. So another reason why you start getting high and drunk and rowdy. Yeah. And it was here where he said he's still searching for an angel with a broken wing, which I love that line. I do too, yeah. Although when he follows it up, by saying it isn't as easy to find them these days, especially when you're staying at the Plaza Hotel, it, it, it it's funny. It goes from being really deep to just kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but even by the end of the tour, even Paige was thinking he should be in a mental hospital or monastery. There, there were some downsides besides Paige hurting his plan, his plan, besides Paige hurting his hand, plant. <laughs> I'm not even really all that, like, I'm not drinking much. Uh, plant damaged his voice so badly he had to go in operation before they could resume work on physical graffiti in 1974. Between the touring and then the filming that we mentioned, and we'll get to again, there we go, John Paul Jones almost quit the band. He, yeah, yeah, he also, like Bonzo, was very much a family man. Uh, which, yeah. So it bothered him when he was also away from his, his wife and kids. Uh, but it didn't really go much further than telling Grant once and and some friends. Uh, just mentions that he was worried about drugs, groupies, the group's organizations, uh, organization. He told friends he was considering becoming the choir master at, uh, well, we'd say Winchester, uh, Winchester Cathedral. And he, he'd had enough of touring too. And he told Grant this. And the touring schedule changed to allow groups to be home during the holidays so they could be with their families during holidays. Nice. And, well, I, I have a quote from Jones, and I don't know if it's from Jones or Grant, but the quote is, I, oh, it's from Jones. I trusted Peter to put it right. And he must have, because Jonesy did stay in the band, although mm-hmm. he did, according to one biography, put in his resignation and, but Grant and Paige were the only two that knew it. They hit it from Plant and Bonham to have a little bit of time and get Jones away from Turing and gave him some promises about the future to keep him in, which must have worked. We do talk about Jonesy being the the sane one. The the one who sure. didn't sell his soul to the devil. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you believe that story. <laughs> I do, I do. No. <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh-huh. but there were rumors of Jones also taking drugs like uh, Prelidin, an amphetamine-based appetite suppressant. I you, have not heard that. Yeah, and you uh, also hear the stories of him getting caught, passed out with a transvestite from, you know, because they went to cabaret shows with uh, transvestites and everything, and they went to strip clubs, and yeah, Jonesy probably was just yeah. calmer than the rest and better not getting caught, but he was not uh mr perfect no that was kurt henning yeah yeah who who actually was one of my favorite heels <laughs> yeah he was he, he was a pretty good heel <laughs> uh, ah, things falling all over the place damn it ah, okay. <laughs> okay everything's fine <laughs> you sure about that everything's under control slight reactor leak <laughs> Uh-huh. What's your operating number? <laughs> yeah. Mm. So to finish up the touring part, mm-hmm. at the end, as I mentioned with Jimmy, uh, they would all go back. Paige admits families were helpful. What the hell did I write here? <laughs> so the voice texts, and I. Uh, so it helps you resocialize, pretty much, is what he said after yeah. he been on the road. Uh, he, he even talked about a Plumpton place. He would try vegetable gardening. Gardening. Cool. Yeah, he became active in communities because he fought against power lines being erected along the shores of Loch Ness near Bolskin House. Yeah. Which we'll talk about maybe more in the occult episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Plant also would go back home to re-socialize, enjoy being back. Mm-hmm. He was also a community guy. Yeah. He just kind of enjoyed the life of an ordinary guy. He would even play on a local soccer team or football team, depending on you know, what country you're from. I would like to point out once once again that the British are the ones who gave us the word soccer. Uh, I pause for a second even, to see even if, if they like to, even if they like to give us shit for using that word, they were the ones who came up with it. Well, to be fair, the Brits give everybody a hard time about everything. True. Yeah, True. It's not them. It's us. <laughs> oh, I was going to say if it's not them, it's it's crap. <laughs> Do that. <yeah. laughs> But uh, Robert would say that he would soon, even though he enjoyed the life of an ordinary guy, he'd soon find himself wistful and wanted to get back on the road because he missed the band when they weren't playing. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, uh, Robert's new sheep farm was in Dolgok. I I mentioned getting a sheep farm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm mentioning it here because this is his family's old stomping grounds, which we discussed in depth in the folklore that inspired Robert Plant in one of our very, very first episodes. Yes, we did. He, and when he'd be back there, uh, if Zeppelin couldn't get together and play, he would call old friends from his original bands, his first bands, or even acquaintances, uh-huh. and they'd get together and go over to his barn and play music. And Bonham also bought farmland. And when, uh-huh. when he was home, he's very calm. He was dapper, would wear three-piece suits, had fancy cars, presents for the family. Uh, but uh, on the road, Plant and Bonham started taking taggy antagonize each other there we go (laughs) (laughs) even more than typical but went off they they one of the biographies said they never lived further than six miles from each other i i didn't map anything out i don't know if it's true but i know they live close Mm -hmm. oh actually it's a quote from plant now i didn't check it to see if he actually like six miles was right but it it was a quote from plant and he said they could easily reset their friendship and even their pub football teams would play each other 
Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Plants pub team was the Queen's Head, and they would play the new inn, which was Bonham's. So, you know, that was their life on the road, being insane, but they went home. They would be calm, family, ordinary community gentlemen. But then, after the 1973 tour, it would be 18 months before they played live again. Yes. And see, that's why that's why it's a long episode, because I didn't really have a good place to stop. But I do now, because the next section is groupies. <laughs> okay. Got groupies, film, quotes, and uh, then the record. Cool. He's, I told you, this is the biggest damn set of notes I have. Yeah. I think it's uh, 18 pages. <laughs> wow. Now, to be fair... I, I use kind of big font so I can read it easier and I double space a lot. So, you know. Yeah. But yes, that is what I have on the U.S. 1973 Houses of the Holy Sure. Cool. The Starship, Groupies, Cocaine, Debauchery of All Kinds. Mm-hmm. Previous episode, we talked about more debauchery where Japan was the worst, like they were the worst behaved there and things in France and England and Yeah. As yeah. for shadowing, Jody and I have mentioned Lori Maddox multiple times throughout this podcast. In the next House is the Holy, we will we will get into Lori. I'm not touching that. Just like Jimmy did. <laughs> I'm not touching that. <sighs> Damn it, I even set it up. Like that's the perfect little you, can of corn. I, you yeah, you did. You did. And that and and I, I <laughs> knew what you wanted me to say and i'm not going there <sighs> all right but that's that's what i have for this do you have anything you would like to to bring up or talk about or you know no cool. i think i'm good <laughs> that's what Lori said <laughs> <sighs> much like jimmy told the gtos rate me review me <laughs> give me beer money <laughs> Uh, yeah, rate us, review us, share us, like us, give us beer yeah. money. <laughs> exactly. And come back next time, same Terrors channel, same Terrors time for, uh, I don't know what next week will be because I'm, we're just recording a bunch of episodes right now and it's going to come out when things come out. Yep. I'm going to let that one go. Simply <laughs> <laughs> say, I'm James. I'm Jody. And we will cocaine at you later. <laughs> How do you cocaine at people? That's true. I want the cocaine for myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> when I do cocaine, when I say, who wants to do some cocaine? That means I want you to give me cocaine. See. Okay. I'm James. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jody. And we'll cocaine at you later. <laughs> Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. I, I should probably pee since I've already finished half of my beer. <laughs> See, I've been I've been waiting for us to start before I started mine. Well, good for you. You go, you go pee. I'm gonna actually take a picture of mine so that I can log it in the thing. <laughs> yeah, log. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the jungle, the mighty jungle. Robert Plant sleeps tonight. Oh, Oh, Lori Lightning. You naughty girl, you.